Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. There's one goal here, and one promise I made to Mrs. Ford is winning. For that to happen, everyone needs to be on the same page to be in the best position with the right plan. Every person in this building has a job to do, and each job is important. If we can get one step better every day, that's putting this organization in the right direction. Donald steps up in the pocket, now throws. It is picked up by Ryan. Come back right side. Inside the 10. It is Quandre Diggs to the 5. To the house. Touchdown to Court Lyon. How about that for an opening act? Oh, my God. It, it is Sir Mix-a-Lot booty thick. Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The Detroit Lions podcast post game show with your hosts, Chris and Case. Hey, howdy ho Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast episode 245. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit and we're doing it live. Our post game show. I am your dashing host, Chris. And with me is my good friend and co-host, Say, man, how you doing, brother? You know, same as last week and the week before that and four weeks before that. Hmm. I'm trying <laughs> Five to, in a row. I'm trying to figure that out, what that might mean. <laughs> I think we will. I think we'll figure that out today. We're going to talk about the game's game. We're going to do a little roundtable discussion. And we will take your calls live like we do all the time because we love you so much. We have a great show lined up, friends. It's going to be a good time, even though we're talking about bad things. Sam, are you ready to go, brother? I'm ready. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right. Like always, a couple of quick announcements. First, check us out and help us out on the Patreon. Special thanks to Dylan from Giggity. Guam. <laughs> of course, our very first donor, Mathis. Brian B. Brian Brokeiser from I Prevail. And all the guys over there rocking it out on the tour. Uh, Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Join the club. A couple people joined today, as a matter of fact. It's a great, great group of guys and gals. Uh, has the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. The greatest game threads. <laughs> Keep you sane. Um, you, it's, it's, it's just a little bit like us, right? I mean, you can you can feel the pain, but you, you, you don't wind up in that, that caustic, caustic place. It's, it's a good place to hang. Um, you can get access to that and a lot more. Just join the chat, uh, the Patreon crew at uh, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Commit a dollar a month to donations, and you'll get in there and have fun with that and all the early notification stuff that we do. Also, give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, Instagram, Detroit Lions podcast, and on the Twitter D.E.T. Lions Podcast. At D.E.T. Lions Podcast, the very, very best place to see Sandman. 
With no pants on. Yeah, baby. Subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast, youtube.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast, and rate us iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, iHeart, wherever you want to do it. All right, that's enough. Let's do this. This is no time for a quick release. We're going deep. Whew, what an exciting day at uh, Vikings Field. <laughs> U.S. Bankery. <laughs> Vikings Zone, yeah. <laughs> um, Biodome. We looked better in the second than we did in the first half. Um, the defense wasn't the Achilles heel today. Um, <laughs> the offense wasn't that spectacularly themed powerhouse no. that we've seen. What do you think? I mean, you think if we had Stafford on the field today, we could have won that game? I mean, they didn't score many points, really. You know, it's always hard to say with games like this, right? So I think with Stafford, we obviously have an infinitely better chance than we do currently of winning games. Um, but that being said, you know, I think the Vikings, their game plan kind of reflected who they were playing today. Sure. And they knew they weren't playing a, you know, a Stafford-led team. That's that's for sure. But uh, you know, ugh, hard to say. Third down is always get sacked down in David Blau's world. Um, <laughs> how many? I mean, it was at least four times he got sacked on third down. Twice yep. taking us out of field goal range. Um, yep. Once, I don't want to say it cost us a field goal because that was that was. That was yeah, Prater should make those, but yeah. you know. It, and the real problem I have is that those sacks were ugly sacks. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a like, oh, our guy got beat real bad sack. It was a, I'm going to pop out of the pocket, attempt to do something that, you know, has a very low success rate and then get sacked. Also while running at a 45 degree angle backwards. Yeah. You know, it's not, yeah. uh, not, you know, David Blau. A wide open behind. He, yeah, he, <laughs> he missed a bunch of guys. Years. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where Blau looked like a undrafted third string quarterback today, which, you know. Wow. It's kind of what we should expect, I suppose. Highly I don't know unexpected. what else we were looking for. <laughs> didn't didn't see that one coming. Um as we said, right? You, it's, it's we're Lions fans. We want, you know, we want to love the team. And I got a couple of questions about that, actually, Sam, in, in a minute here. But um, yeah, the, the expectations have to be incredibly low for this team right now, uh, for the rest of the year without Stafford, with the injuries we have, and it doesn't make sense. I, I just don't see it making sense for Stafford to get back on the field this season. There's nothing to be gained by it at all. You know, wins nope. n- wins from here on don't mean anything. Um, there is a lot of stuff going on out there that's, uh, I would, I have said it in a couple earlier podcasts that it's, um, effectively live fire training, right? Like our warrior out there, I, I, Slay got hurt. I wouldn't have necessarily put him back in the second half. I just let our warrior play, get him some live fire exercises, get him out there taking real time snaps. It takes a while to develop a corner and there's no better way to develop than getting there on the field and getting the chance to hawk on that ball. What do you think? No, I, I agree. I think that the rest of this year has to be that. I don't know what else it can be. I mean, we're already a mash unit. Mm-hmm. We're already playing guys that normally would never see play. I think we just have to let those guys get their you know lumps and bumps let me ask and you about, see, see how they do. Let me ask you about one in particular, and I'll, I'll put a scenario out there. Um, carry on, Johnson. Right, A lot of these guys, we're, we're kinda, we have to see what we have. So getting them on the field and getting the opportunity to – to see what some of these guys have is, is important. We haven't seen a full season out of carry on, right? Yep. We don't know about his durability. Really. We really don't know if carry on Johnson is going to be a guy that this team can rely on as a running back, 
you know, an RB1 or maybe an RB2. Um, he, he gets healthy, say, next week. Do you think he plays the rest of the year? I mean, if, if you're if – you're, you, on one hand, you haven't seen a lot of him. On the other hand, what you have seen, he gets hurt. What do you do with a guy like that? In, in Stafford's case, we know exactly who Matthew Stafford is. Uh, I feel like just let him let him sit. But our uh, but carry on. What do you, you think? Know, your head? That's a good question. That's a re- <laughs> that's a really good question. I think you have to play him. I, I you know if he's not going to get hurt any worse or anything like that, I think you put him back out there and you you have to build something off of seeing him play. Yeah. Um, you know, last year he looked good when he was out there, but this year. Not so much. We have a different blocking scheme. We have a whole new, different everything. Mm-hmm. I think he still kind of falls in, even though he's played a lot and he's a second-year guy. I think he still falls into the live fire type of thing. You really you need reps behind an offensive line. You need reps uh, in a system like this to to find out where the running lanes are. I definitely think he's a slight mismatch uh, for this running scheme. Um, you know, whereas a guy like Bo Scarborough who just heads north and south, doesn't worry about, you know, anything else seems to be doing okay in the scheme, a little bit better than carry on actually. He had a, I, like two carry on runs, one in particular where there was only one place in the, in the backfield he shouldn't run. And he did, and he got tackled for a, for a loss. But otherwise I'm, I'm pretty happy with what we're seeing with him, especially against a defense like uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Cause they, they, they're a, a pretty uh, stout defense and he, mm-hmm. he didn't do too bad out there today. No, you know, actually, I was watching him. I was thinking to myself, he seems to get like 50% of the yards we need. First and 10, he'll get five. Yep. Second and five, he'll get two. <laughs> Third and one, he'll get a half. You know, I feel like that's just the way he's been running. But I definitely put carry on back out there if, it, you know, because he'll have the whole offseason to get healthy. Um, but we, we, we need to see more out of him to know where we sit for the rest of the year, to know, you know, what kind of backfield we can actually field here. Um, cause you know, Patricia has shown that he doesn't really like to have four running backs on the roster. Right. We've got Johnson and McKissick. They kind of fill the third down back role. And then we've got Scarborough now, but we need to know what carry on can do for us. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. I'm trying to I, really quick while we're talking, I'm trying to find, um, Scarborough's yards for the day and I can't do that and produce a show at the same time. So I'm sorry, everybody. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, uh, allow, uh, allow me, Chris. Thank you. Allow me. I appreciate that. Yeah. He looks pretty decent out there. Um, and while you're digging them, them stats up, uh, I want to touch a little bit on, uh, Jared Davis. He's, he's, he's like a love or hate kind of guy. He's, he's fire and water. Oil and water, I don't know, whatever. He's hot or cold. (laughs) Hot or cold, yeah, that's that's true. 65 yards for Scarborough today on 19 carries. 3.5. It's not bad. Average. Not a consistent defense, isn't that bad? No, and a team that they know that we're not passing on them, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, we'll get get some chunks here or there, but... Oh, for for those who weren't aware, Lake breaking news. It looks like Kansas City's equipment showed up in time that they don't have to forfeit. So that's good for them. (laughs) Um... Let's talk about Jared Davis. Hot and cold, all those kinds of things. But he took a pretty, pretty rough injury. I saw it as it happened. I, I was like, "He's done. Injured this year. See you next year. That's it." I mean, I was, I was certain that looked horrible. And then they flashed to him for a second um, in the coverage, standing with his helmet on on the sideline. I was like, "What? No way!" And it's, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. He bounced back and played today. No, it's uh, you know, Davis is kind of that guy, right? He plays through that stuff. He fights through it. 
you know, I, I don't think anybody can ever question exactly how, you know, Davis feels about the game of football. Right. So it's, it's, uh, one, it's one of those things where it's everything except in his head. He's got all the physical attributes. He's got the, the metal. He's even got the attitude about the game, but it's, it's like that one step he has to take to read and react. Right. We talked about it before. If he could just react and, and react consistently well, right. Yeah. <laughs> he, he could be a top, top caliber player and, and, and you sniff it sometimes, right. You see it. It's almost there, but man, when he messes up, he messes up bad. Yeah, you know, he, like you said, he's very hot and cold. I think this defense is hard for him to play. I think that this is a very bad defense for him to play in. Um, I think maybe a positional change would help where he doesn't have to be the middle linebacker maybe, but I think that they're still, you know, grooming Tavai eventually to take that over. But I think we're going to have to wait till next year. We're going to have to see what they do with his fifth-year option. Um, You know, but I think – if he's off the field for an extended period of time, you can definitely tell that we have zero speed at the linebacker position without him out there. Right. You know, you could say that, okay, well we can put in Jalen Reeves, Mabin who still has some speed, but he's kind of a mismatch too. He's more of a special teams guy. It, it's, you know, who do we put on fast tight ends? Who do we put on running backs out of the backfield? It's, you know, kind of a lose-lose situation at this point to, to be honest for Davis and for us for sure what now what about Devai out there today the, the one thing I want to say that I noticed is he led every tackle with his head I mean he's just there all day he's he, he's running to the sideline because he's not in on the next play he's leading with his head to the sideline I mean that's something. he got there's two other times I saw he could have been called and he and he wasn't uh for yep. head-to-head leading with the crown kind of thing um What's up with my man? Does he really want a short career, or or what's the what's the thinking here? You know, I I thought the entire Lions defense was kind of a little chippy at that point, yeah, yeah. where we had a lot of guys stood up and three four guys would come plowing in full force. Um, so I don't know. Maybe the the, the defense has a chip on their shoulder. I don't. You know, this could have just been one of those fluke games where, you know, for whatever reason, it seemed to happen to him twice, and maybe we became more aware of. That's how he seems to tackle. But <laughs> I well, and I, I do have to say, every time I was like, oh, every time he came, it was like <laughs> it wasn't even like he like slid it in. It yeah. was obvious. It was just like a big barn heading towards whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, even Tracy Walker knocked himself out of the game with uh with that type of hit. He yep. led straight in with his helmet. And I think he's you know, he might be done for the year. Who knows what they're gonna plan on doing with a guy that's you know, it definitely looked like a concussion or a brain injury. Yeah. But you know, we've only got a few games left. Do you let them, let them rest or what do you do? You know, but we've got, you know, I think that they're just getting a little chippy out there, which I think is good. I think you should have a little bit of chip as a defense. I think you should take pride in hitting hard and uh, letting the guys know that you're there, yeah. <laughs> letting the running back know oh, yeah. here I am. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not great when you, you know, cost your team 15 yards and that's, with a silly penalty. Yeah. And, but that's one of the things that I, I, I throw back to, um, uh, the do your job, the original do your job. It's on YouTube. It was a Belichick and Patriots kind of um, interview festival of that that Super Bowl run, and um, they lost bad in Kansas City. I think it was like week two or first week, early in the season, whatever. It was like forty nine to like twelve or something, right? And um, Belichick was talking about the the game afterward. He said, "Well, the the one thing I saw though is during that game, those guys didn't give up." Right, they were out there. They were trying. They were doing everything they could back all the way till the clock hit zero. And I was thinking about it. And I'm like, okay, 
we didn't win, but may, maybe we've got something here. Maybe we've got the the right guys, the right mindset that that we can do something with this. It was really it was interesting, and is, is that that mm-hmm. kind of kicked off the thinking? Like even the coach believed that there's something they could they could take out of that and and become better, and then they they turned things around and won a massive run and then won the Super Bowl. It was it's interesting, and I and that's what you look for in games like that. You know, people talk about playing for pride. <laughs> uh, we're what, three and nine and one. <laughs> there's, mm-hmm. I don't know how much pride there is in that, but as a professional, it doesn't matter if you're on a winning team or losing team, you, unless you're Vontez Perfect. You have an element of pride amongst your peers and around the world being one of the the very, very finest um, at the sport. So I think there's something to that. Those guys go out there. Really yeah. Hard. You know, and Patricia says that like every postgame presser, you know, after after we lose, like the guys aren't quitting. I'm proud of them for how hard they're working, you know, and, uh, you know, that's a point of emphasis, you know, for Patricia for sure. And, you know, that part seems to be, paying off we're not seeing any lollygagging or anything i think we're just not in a good spot as a team to win these games yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. not for a lack of individual effort i will put it that way yep yep i want to ask you a question now and this is this is the an interesting question because you're a season ticket holder right yeah and so you've got a certain amount of investment you've been a season ticket holder for how many years now uh nine years now Whew. See, and I, and I was until I moved away. We had, uh, me and my, my friends had tickets. But um, so you're in there. You're there nine years, and you're watching a team that um, is is not not really putting a whole lot of hope on the field. Those guys are trying. They're working hard. You know the coaches are working hard, and they're not going out and, and tanking on purpose. But at some point, and, and there's a point every year where you get done and your season's over, and you're like, man, those last four games last year, I wouldn't have gone to. Right. Yeah. If yeah. if I hadn't pre-purchased those tickets for so much money, I just wouldn't even have gone to those games. I would have spent the time, the effort, the money, or whatever. Maybe wouldn't even have watched on TV if it wasn't for that. There's a and there's a lot of people out there, right, asking themselves about that in that exact same situation. Like, yep. hey, you know what? This team's out. What's what's? I got things to do on Sunday. I got things to do anytime. Why not leverage my Sundays to get some stuff done? So they people are still tuning in. I'm wondering what it is, right, for you. That's kind of that driver. What pushes you every year? And, and, and this year, after this year, you're going to look back and you're going to say there's a lot of games that I, I didn't want to go to, but you've kind of bought in, so you have to. So I guess there's two questions here. One, as a fan, what keeps you tuned into the team this this time of year while, while what we see in front of us on the field is there? And then beyond that, after you've kind of walked through what the rest of this year holds for you, what what gets you to buy next year's season tickets after sitting through this year? <laughs> well, I'm going to start with question two, because that's the okay. easiest answer. Uh, what keeps me buying my season tickets? Honestly, uh, and it sounds super shitty, and I get it, but I have good seats. <laughs> so my, my, my brain won't let me not buy season tickets, because I know as soon as I quit, they're going to start to win. I'm going to want my tickets back. And I'm not going to have as good of seats and it's going to be a, you know, it's that, that thing that probably holds a lot of people, right? Out. There's a ton of people in the lower bowl area that are, have seats that they really love and, you know, are kind of trapped there. Um, FOMO, so that, right. So, yeah. It, you, you know, cause you know, you've, you've watched the lions team. You've, you've bought into the luck, right? I think any lions fan right now has to buy into the luck thing, whether it's the green Bay game this year, or any number of things that happened to, to us. 
it's always the opposite of what you want. Like we will win out the rest of this year and wind up picking 15th or 17th in the draft and the best obvious player is a tight end, right? I mean, that's that's where, where things yeah. land for us, right? So the your thinking is is that okay, I'm going to I'm going to give up. I have great tickets and I have worked my way up to these great seats over the years. So for those who don't know about the season tickets, you get to upgrade and improve as other people give up their season tickets and it takes a long time to move to to these kind of great seats. The second you let them go, they're gone and you'd start at the back of the line again, right? Yep, exactly. Exactly. So it, it's a little rough. It's a little rough. But um, and then, you know, I, you know, I, I haven't really spoken out about this because I don't want people getting on my ass about it too awful much. But last year was the worst year of Lions fandom I've ever had in my whole life. I started out the year feeling a little wishy-washy about it. Yeah, yeah Like I just had I had feelings that I like couldn't really put to paper or put to my mouth, uh, but I had them. Um, and then it turned out to be an awful year of football to be a Lions fan. We won six games, but it was like ugly. And, you know, to be honest, this year is the second worst <laughs> I can think of. Like the, the O and 16 team, like we knew that was a bad team. Right. You know, there was no, no getting around it. We were starting dudes that wouldn't even play in the XFL. Right. Right. Uh, you know, it, it was a weird time, but you know, it's, it's, <sighs> it's a long tradition to, to do this. Right. And I actually thought about this as I sat down in my couch today to watch this Lions game. I knew what the outcome was before I watched. Sure. I knew there was very little to gain. So, you know, in past years you would say, okay, well, our offense is good, but our defense is bad. And that was like what the beginning of this year was, yep. or our defense is good and our offense is bad, but you always have that hope, right? The maybe something will change on offense today and we'll, you know, get something going. There will be something that I can take away from this game. That'll give me a positive feeling, at least partially about this team as a whole. And yeah, recently, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been, yeah. it's, it's been a little harder, but I, I think that my fandom runs deep enough that, you know, even through these hard times, you know, I, I have to look at this and say, okay, which is worse, losing to the Bengals the last year Jim year Jim Caldwell was here? It was like a must-win game, right, right. against a hopeless Bengals team, and we lost. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the anger that came along with that, or which is worth, worse, the anger that comes along with something like that, or the apathy that comes along with years like this. Yeah. And that's where it gets a little rougher. But, you know, I'll keep tuning in. I'll yeah. keep caring. I'll keep thinking about why the Lions are bad or why the Lions are good. And, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of out of our hands. When I, when I look at, like, because we, we've got a pretty, we've got a, a, a diverse fan base around the world. And one yep. of the things I see is, is there's a level of commitment. And I need to, maybe we'll do a psychologist interview in the offseason about, <laughs> about Lions fandom. That might be actually a really good idea. But um, th this level of commitment that people make. And if you're in, in um, Ireland, what's up, Gary? And uh, <laughs> England or Slovenia, um, Matia, I think is, is how to say his name, but I could be completely wrong. So if I murdered, I'm sorry. Um, but with, these folks are good, you know, all over. And they are, are like slitting people's throats to be able to either get a stream or find a way to watch the, watch the, the lions play. And they do it and they do it, you know, ruthlessly watching, um, full heart on the sleeve kind of thing. They are absolute massive, massive fans. Folks like you who've spent all this money on season tickets, right? 
It's like I've got I'm, I've I've kind of invested in here. I've got this escalation of commitment almost that that, that, that that's going to continue, and I and I am afraid to miss out on on finally being paid back for my investment. Right, <laughs> right. It's, it's it's really what it is. And, yep, and you, you kind of walk, exactly right. walk down to the casual fan who's like, eh, I'm, I got to rake the leaves, or I guess. I mean, it's it's seventy five degrees outside here, so I'm sorry. Uh, shovel snow, uh, you know, whatever you guys have to do. <laughs> but um, it's uh, it's 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 really interesting to see how that goes. I'll tell you just a side thing. It's not football related, but it's a funny story. We we went through an exercise at, at my work a couple years ago. I was I was sitting in with you know, it's a Fortune one twenty five company. These v- vice presidents, super smart, rich people sitting there, and they had a they had a thing where they held up a twenty dollar bill and you had a bid on it. Right, and you bid on this twenty dollar this twenty dollar bill. Whatever you bid, you get to keep the twenty. The only downside is, is whoever had the second highest bid still has to pay the money, but doesn't get the twenty dollar bill. Right. So if I bid five dollars and you bid six and you won, you'd get it the twenty dollar bill for six bucks, but I still had to pay five. Right. So they started mm-hmm. they started bidding on this thing, you know, and then started getting up to eighteen, and someone said nineteen. Like I'm not gonna lose eighteen bucks. Okay, I'm gonna bid twenty. Right. So now I break even. Well, the other guy, he's like, no, I'm going to lose 19 bucks. So I bid 21, then I'll only lose a dollar, right? 21. And they kept going. They got up to $107 for this $20 bill before. These are really, really smart people. Before the the person stopped and said, let's talk about escalation of commitment. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, I think that that might be kind of fun to talk about. So let's let's get back to the team. One other thing I want to ask, and um, we can start taking calls if you want. 248-782-8384. 248-782-8384. Go ahead and ring us up, and uh, we'll bring you in. Or if you want to do it on Skype, you can do it. Uh, Detroit Lions podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions podcast. So the big talk right now, um, you know, the little bit of backburners, fire Patricia Quinn and everything and burn the whole place down. But the the more serious talk, I think, and, and it's at the forefront right now, is the Pasqualoni stuff. Um, yep. Pasqualoni will absolutely be the fall guy this year. And I'm, I, I, I say this, and I'm telling you all, He's going to retire. They're not going to fire him. He filled a need and a role that was there for a long time. I think the Quinn and Patricia thing, the conversation with um, Mrs. Ford was about building a a, a bigger kind of, or taking a, a bigger approach and a longer thinking approach to this team. And uh, hey, Aaron, how you doing? <laughs> English fan. Um, the uh, I think the uh, Martha knows this is a multi-year thing to to build this team to to where it needs to be because of where we were and where we'd come from and how the team was structured. And it, there's some significant changes that are happening. You just don't go to a defense like this from what we had before in 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 you know a year or two. It takes a lot to kind of make that switch. So I think they you know the the Jim Bob Cooter experiment was on purpose and it was both to satisfy your quarterback as well as uh, start working on the defensive side of the ball to get your scheme, since it's so complex, start putting that thing in there and let the coach spend his time there. I think this year is the opposite of that, where coach was concentrating on his head coaching and building up those skills and game management skills and all that sort of thing and letting Pasqualoni run his defense and letting Pasqualoni do what JBC did, and that's going to be the end of it. But because he came in, at such short, you know, it's a, it, we had a hire so late because we had a Super Bowl winner that we hired as a coach. Um, there wasn't a lot of great defensive coordinators around at the time. I think now they're going to let him retire. Thank you for doing what you did, and they're going to bring somebody in this year that's going to fill that role. And I believe probably do something a little like Bevel did with the offense on the defensive side of the ball. Because we, we continually say, and we heard it from, the, from you know, our favorite – um, close head injury victim, Chris Spielman. Um, <laughs> we heard it say all, all day today that um, we have players that are playing way better than the record on this team. 
Yes. And I think that um, a little bit of coaching in the right place is going to help that. And I think Pasqualoni will be allowed to retire or will be told to retire, or he just will retire, he'll say, at the end of this year. And um, we're going to find a defensive coordinator. I think the thing, the real question is, is who's the DC that's going to be available that we want the most? I don't, I like the Bevel hire so much because. He wasn't a washed-up guy. He was a proven guy. He had a Super Bowl under his belt, right? He, he he knew what he was doing, and he's come in and done a really, really good job with our offense. Um, I don't know that I feel like hiring a, a really good college defensive coordinator right now is the way to go. I don't want to try somebody on for size. I want somebody who we've seen succeed before. Where's your yeah. idea? What do you think? Yeah. Are, are we getting rid of Pasqualoni first off? Or will he oh, be gone? Yeah, <laughs> if he's not gone, I think there will be riots in the streets because, you know, had a mid, like there's people that want both Patricia and Quinn fired. And if yep. Patricia's fired, everybody else is basically fired too. Yep. Um, you know, somebody could decide to retain Bevel if they wanted, but I think everybody else would be gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, the real awkward question is, is that we are running the defense that Patricia ran, or at least a, a version of it um, in, you know, New England. Yep. So Pascaloni was a perfect hire for Patricia because Pascaloni's job was to know what the game plan was and to make adequate play calls. So if Pascaloni is in the know about what Patricia wants, he just needs to be a extra hand that Patricia has. Right. And he he just does his job. I guess the question becomes, is our defense failing because of the scheme that Patricia has decided to put in, or are we failing because Pascaloni doesn't fully comprehend what Patricia wants to do and is making missed calls. Sure. Well, I'm not sure if we can bring in somebody that has their own defensive philosophy and have them work here. And that's going to be the scary part is that, you know, Bill Belichick always got around that by hiring within. He would hire his defensive back coach to be his defensive coordinator yeah. or, you know, like uh, a linebackers coach in Patricia's case. And then he hired the linebackers coach again, Brian, Brian Flores to come in and do it. You know, he's hiring guys that have been in the system that know what he wants. And their job is literally to call the game the way that they think Bill Belichick would call the game. Mm -hmm. And I think that's hard to find, (laughs) you know, I think that rocket scientists in new England, right? Yeah. We we have a phone call caller. What do you think? Is, is Pasquale, uh, is this his last year here? Probably. Um, but it's not smart. Smart time, uh, smart time. guys. Nah, this is Levi from um, back in the day. Levi, <laughs> how you doing, <laughs> man? It's been yeah. doing good, doing good. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, happy for the success of the podcast, man. You guys are killing it. Man. Oh, thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Like, it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the question you bring up doesn't really matter. Uh, you could put Jesus Christ in a defensive coordinator. You, you can't fix crap. It's like. Uh, the problem is Bob Quinn, and it's through and through. He's not—he's not a GM. He never has been. He wasn't even—he—he's not even able to do the job. He can't assess talent. That's been the whole problem. It's like scouting film can tell you Jared Davis can't play a linebacker in the NFL. Yet he keeps putting him on the field. And I know that everybody's gonna probably say, "Oh, that's Matt Patricia." No, that's Bob Quinn. He doesn't want to prove that guy has a buck. He's making that call to keep that guy on the field. Reeves may even outplayed him this year. Let me 
let me ask you, and and and, that, and that's the thing that I'm I'm, I'm really curious about here because there's there's a couple different camps, and we talk about you know okay if it if it's Quinn's fault, we have a lot of really really good talent on the field that's playing under playing its ability, right? I mean, and and I think that to me that's that's an obvious you know fact statement of fact, um, and to me that kind of lands in the coach's lap, whether it's Patricia or Pascaloni. Or, or or Bevel, the Lions coach, or whoever. Um, I feel like the talent that's out there is good enough to be playing, put more wins in the win column than what we have now. Yeah, I think. So, who would you rather have right now, Carryon Johnson or Matt Breida? Or who would you rather have the tight end? And it's they saw the fair, but it's totally fair. George Kittle or TJ Hawkins or Jesse James? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's... <laughs> those guys could have been on our line. Yeah. No, no, seriously. Those guys are low-round picks. Yeah, we fired a GM over who's in San Francisco running their scouting department right now. He's the guy who's responsible for all those guys. We, we, shouldn't, have, we shouldn't have... I said it back in the days. So we shouldn't have fired my years. They could have got someone in to fix the cap. Yeah, the, mm, inter- this is an interesting. You, you're you're challenging some preconceptions, I got Levi, because right. I really, really am not a huge Mayhew fan at all because I felt like he swung for the fences on talent a little too much, and sometimes he hit, sometimes he didn't, right? But you're, the thing about that is, is when he hit, he hit big, right? When you're when you're always right. constantly going for base hits, you still either get a base hit or you you you, you, you line out. Yeah, I, that's when the. When you don't swing for fences, you ain't for uh, you ain't for singles all the time. What if you strike out? You didn't get on base. We're not even getting on base right. Yeah, you know, and that's that's the thing that I've. I, oh, sorry, that's the thing I've been talking about for a while. Is is how much different the Lions' draft strategy has been under Bob Quinn than it was under Martin Mayhew. Martin Mayhew, like you guys both have stated, would swing for the fences and would hit on some really crazy picks that would just turn out fantastic. Or we would get a Titus Young or a, a Ryan Broyles or, you know, even a Lewis Delmas, you know, mm-hmm. Javid Best. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> like when Javid Best was healthy, he looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and then you've got Quinn over here who is drafting low or high floor, but possibly low ceiling players that will get the job done, but are more aligned, you know, more aligned with base talent, right? Your team has five guys with base talent, and then you've got another six that, you know, could be anywhere. You could have another two very special guys and maybe three guys below average, but it's, it's a completely different philosophy. And I think when Mayhew hits, it gives you teams like what the 49ers has right now, you know, and it gives you like 2011, uh, with the Lions, mm-hmm. but then it also gave you real, <laughs> real, real bad drafts where yeah. like you had two drafts where I think like nobody happened. Um, so it's hard to say. I don't think Mayhew was as bad as people knocked him for, you know. But let me let me put I, I, I kind of I kind of like where this this conversation's going. Let me let me just I'm gonna throw a little a little wrench in here as I just because it's I think this is a really like you said a good conversation. You talked about somebody drafting, but what what um, and and somebody else it may you drafted and someone else fixing the cap. But that's the one thing I think that Quinn has done is fixed the cap. 
right? And maybe this, and this is something I've, I've, I've kind of put forth a little bit in, in some previous shows. Um, the idea that the, the Lions are building a lot of mid-level talent and depth of, of mid-level talent, right? It's inexpensive. It raises the overall talent of the team. I mean, let's face it, because we were, it had glaring holes. There's still some holes. There's, I don't, I don't want to say there isn't, right? But there was glaring holes, and what we had was a couple of star players and then crap on the field. Right, I mean, when you remember when Sue and Johnson and Stafford were taking up like eighty percent of the cash, I mean, <laughs> yeah, number, number, yeah. Right? you couldn't pay anybody. Now you're in a position where you have kind of a baseline of talent, and you can pick the position where you, in either free agency or you want to swing for the fences in the draft, where you can pr- bring in those real difference makers. Because I, I think if we had a Calvin Johnson and and Damakong Sue on this team right now, I think it's a whole different ball game out there. Um, with, with and 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 the guys we have, right? I mean, you, you drop, yep. I don't know, Amendola, right? And you, and then you drop, um, mm-hmm. any one of the defensive tackles. We have a whole different team out there playing a whole different elevation of game. That may be kind of the plan here: is to baseline all them contracts out, get that flatline content uh, contracts in place, fix the cap problem, and then be able to spend money on those kind of superstar positions of need for this this team that'll put us over the top. Thoughts, ideas, questions, slander. <laughs> So that would work if we were getting good draft picks. We're not. It was like most of our picks are injured. And a lot of these issues were issues with some of these guys in college. It was like, I remember when Jared Davis was drafted, and I keep harping on this guy because he's such a bad player. And Dalvin Cook was available. We needed help at running back. Gaysom clearly showed you Dalvin Cook was a special player. And, and I, you know what I get? I would actually say, all right, you're, this is your first year. I chalk that up. But year after year, we keep having the same issue, and you didn't try to pick up backups in those spots. Because, right. And I think that if you ask Patricia personally his issue, is that his linebackers are so inept in the interior that they can't call the game properly. Right. Um, nope. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Now disagree that being that. said, I do like Tavon. It's like, and I think Patricia was responsible for that guy, not Quinn. Yeah, I think they're definitely more on the same page with their draft picks. And and Quinn right. has stated that he feels way more comfortable drafting with Patricia because he knows how to draft those guys because he did it or he didn't draft, but he. Pro, or pro scouted in New England for so long that it's basically the same. Right. He's just, you know, it's easier for him to do that for sure. And he was in the room when they were making the choices and having the conversations, right? I mean, he had, a, yeah, but, but he, he wasn't had, holding the bat. No, no, no. He wasn't <laughs> holding the bat, but he had a significant <laughs> role where, um, you know, Belichick gets caught in the Greyhound station and can't make it to draft day. They were handed the bat to him more, most likely. So right. it, it was his time to get to, it was his turn to get up to the plate. So, yep. And so, you know, the more I, the more I think about this kind of this topic we've got going on here, the more I think about if if the plan was to try to get mid mid-level guys in to at least bolster the teams that we didn't have as many big dips as we had in the past. We're like, "Oh, we are missing a cornerback, and that's just what teams do. They hit they go against that bad cornerback all game and there's nothing we can do about it." You know, we're going to get a bunch of guys that are mid-level, do that. I think the argument against that would be that when we've had higher draft picks, like number eight 
And this year, I guess we're going to have to see what happens. I think that's kind of when you look for those guys that are going to change your game plan completely or change your opponent's game plan completely. And so far, Bob Quinn is kind of stuck with his standard, you know, like I said, high floor, low ceiling type of thing. I mean, Hawkinson could turn out to be fantastic, but at the end of the day, he's a tight end. And, you know, even if he turns into an awesome – well, but Kittle was a fourth-round draft pick, so that's a little, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, and that's kind of the, the funkiness of it all, right, is, is you know, what positional value do you, do we get out of a tight end at number eight? You know, I, when, whenever I talk about to Hawkinson, I get crap about it, you know, like, oh, he's not bad. You know, I'm, I'm never saying he's bad. He's His position's hard to learn. He's a rookie. It's not anything right like he hasn't played great and he hasn't shown up you know what scares me is that he doesn't appear to be a part of the game plan so far but when you pass up pass rushers like brian burns montez sweat when you pass up um you know the guy that buffalo got i can't remember his name right now um ed oliver Oliver, you know when we have glaring holes on defense you know that's a little that's where it gets a little weird for me so uh, i'm just hoping that we can Hmm. You know, hit a little bit higher profile stuff, yeah. right? Because so far it looks like Quinn's been trying to get our high uh, high quality players in the in free agency rather than in the draft. Yeah, yeah. Hey Levi, I'm going to let you go, man. I'm going to let uh, some of the folks get in on the on the horn. But it was really really great right. to hear from you, man. Love love. You've been here right since here. the first year, right? I mean, you've been around for yeah, since day one. Good. It's like uh, since you guys started, you guys are killing it. Thanks. Um, man. Before I go, I don't want to be totally negative. All the Lions really need of the inside linebacker and a pass rusher. They'd be okay. Oh, and a running back. Yeah. Do that and I'll get out playoffs next year. All right. I'll get it. We'll we'll talk to you in February. (laughs) All right. Later. Okay, wait. (laughs) Levi, man, he goes way back. (laughs) He's always been. He's great. All right. Let's see. Talked a bit about Davis. Um, we talked early in the show about Matthew Stafford. Um, just want to touch on that again. We're in agreement that he sits for the rest of the year, right? We we, we think yeah. that he shouldn't be on the field. There's nothing nothing he's going to gain. And it's, again, the live fire training exercise is a great opportunity for guys like Aurier. And I think David Blau, too. Let's let's face it. This is his, an opportunity for him to get out there. And I don't know that you, you go find somebody else, pick them up, bring them in, or anything like that. I think it's time to just... Um, Play these guys. Let Blau get some experience. See if he really is your number two because he looks like he has some potential. He looks like he's a guy that's not going to ruin your team if you need him for you know a couple of drives in a game to to keep you in it. But yeah, getting some experience in, in the real world would probably be good for him. All right. Well, and and you know it's it's at this point it's time to think about tanking without tanking. Yeah, you can never make NFL players tank. But what you can do is you can make sure that the one player that has like real control over whether the Lions win or lose <laughs> or, or doesn't does that play. Just put your your second and third stringers out there, the guys that are on the bubble and evaluate the crap out of them. And if they win, they win. They and you're gonna have some that do and some that don't, right? You're not gonna have your top team out there. But no. all right, hey, we got a call right now. Caller, it's Aaron from across the pond. All right, isn't it? Yes. How are you? Actually, I'm good my well, I could be better. It's been a crappy week for sport for me, but you know, yeah, we keep going. We keep going. Look on to next weekend. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's what we do, right? I mean, Aaron Aaron had mentioned in the in the chat in the YouTube that he's one of those those folks across the pond uh, who's outside the U.S. I hate, I hate the phrase across the pond, and now I'm saying it. I said it twice in a damn call. I'm such a dope. Um, <laughs> but um, so let's talk about that escalation equipment uh, of uh, commitment, Aaron. Here you are, a Lions fan. You, you, what's your connection to Detroit? Let's start there. What 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 got you connected to this team in the city? Um. Right, I don't have any actual connection to Detroit, not personally anyway. I kind of grew up a huge fan of Eminem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. And um, I don't know. About five, six years ago, uh, I was in, I was in college. I was in university, and a friend of mine was a massive NFL fan. He was a Broncos fan, oh, and guy. he was the only guy in our whole class who was into the NFL. And I thought, do you know what? He's on his own. He's always coming in the NFL gear, his Broncos gear. I thought, I'll watch the Super Bowl that year. And I'll, I'll kind of, I'll give it a go. And then I've kind of got something to talk about it with him. Um, watch that Super Bowl. It was the New England Patriots Seahawks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I tell you what, that's the first time I've ever watched the NFL properly. And I've still, I was still learning the rules. Didn't have a fucking clue what was going on. And even I was sat there at the end when um, Malcolm when Butler. he threw the ball, and I I, I went ape shit like, <laughs> straight, straight up that. but um, and I was like, oh okay okay I like it. I watched for a year, and I fell in love with Megatron. Yeah, yeah, absolutely fell in love with Megatron. So I was kind of like right okay, I'm a massive Eminem fan. I kind of, I kind of feel a weird personal connection with Detroit because it's it's similar to the city that I'm from. It's a working class blue collar city. Mm-hmm. One yep. of them. Yep. I thought, you know, that's it. Detroit, Detroit will be my team. Yeah. So but that's... Calvin Johnson, Megatron was the guy who kind of he wrapped it up for me and then he retired. Yep. That, that's, of course. Like, you, like you got you got the Detroit Lions experience right away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right away. You start with oh, seeing yeah. someone straight, else in straight. the Super Bowl and then it's your favorite player. Yeah, it's, it's just like the Detroit Lions experience. <laughs> Best initiate that's that that's it's the only way you can get properly initiated into the family. <laughs> exactly you're one of us one of us <laughs> you're right about uh the city of detroit i'll tell you the thing that i've noticed about detroit is is the people here are there unfortunately yeah. there but um <laughs> it's it's a it's a, a city that's been you know you see it in the in the pre-game videos and stuff they do but it's a city that's had to fight and fight hard and and because of that there's a sense of you know what we'll we'll, we'll take adversity and we're going to shed it off, and we're grinding our way right back through it. And and it's a it's a city in the working place that I see that respects people that work hard. And yeah, yeah I, I go around, and, and often, you know, you talk about optimization and efficiency and all those kinds of things, and they're important. But if you don't, if you, if you're constantly trying to lazy your way out of things, right? And I see that, you know, all around LA, I see that where I'm at now. People, um, mm. people don't work hard things get tough they move on they just do they don't they don't stick through they won't grind through the hard stuff to get to the good stuff knowing that there's good stuff at the end and that's that's what one of the things i think that makes detroit so much different and and in my in my frame and maybe it's because i grew up there but better than all the other places that i've lived and the people i've worked with it's it's a sense of of work ethic and respect for people that work that really means something to me yeah um well i'm from manchester 
So yeah, yeah. You know the the, <laughs> the 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 you know we started the industrial revolution. Right. It's a proper working class city. Yep. And that city or United, but, by the way. Uh, I'm a blue. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Again, that, that's another reason for Detroit blue. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, so yeah, it was like I said. It's been a really shitty week for sport. For sure. Uh, City played United yesterday and lost. So sorry about that. <sighs> so let me let me let me ask you about um, what do you have to go through to see games? I mean, did you just get Game Pass and it was that easy for you, or are you doing um, some other kind of first couple of years? Mm-hmm. I mean, Game Pass in Europe's been shit for about four or five years. Sure. So. There was no way I was going to be paying. It's like 100, 120, 130 pounds a year. Right. Um, and I was like, I'm not committing for a service that, you know, it's just like game, it just it doesn't work. Right. Have yeah, it's awful. If Detroit are on Sky Sports over here, it's blocked on Game Pass. And I was like, I'm not paying for, you know, again, two, three games a season to get cut off. Right. You know, I'm only going to watch Detroit on it. So, um, but like today, so I, I I have got Game Pass this year because they've worked on it. But um, so it's been quite easy for me to get Game Pass. But I was in Wales today, and I was driving home, and had to watch <laughs> my girlfriend kicked off with me because I had to watch the game in the car. She's trying to talk to me and have a nice journey in the car, and I'm sat there trying to watch Detroit. And obviously, <laughs> we're. we're Detroit's doing what Detroit does, and I'm getting aggravated, and I'm getting wound up, and she's trying to have a nice car journey. But you know, oh man, oh well, don't let it, don't let it get to you, don't let it, don't let it get you down. Um, I think that's that's uh, one of the things we would talk about here as we start getting towards the end. Hey, Aaron, I'm going to let you go, man. Thanks so much for calling. Thanks for listening, and uh, thanks for being a Lions fan. It's 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 awesome, and uh, I'm I'm certain we'll talk some more as the season and the off season gets going because. Um, we're already starting to look to that that draft time and get excited about that and free agency coming. We're up. in there's always that's next the year only territory. Thing getting me going now. That's the only thing I can be excited about now. Yeah. <laughs> you are a true Detroit Lions fan. I can. <laughs> you you're here with the rest of us. It's perfect. All right. I, I, I'm just glad to be part of the family. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. All right. Have be a well. good one. Cheers. No worries, guys. Thank you. Uh-huh. It's great. I always love to to talk to the guys for overseas. I'd love to to get their perspective where they come from. So, yeah, because you know that's a different that's a whole different type of fandom. Because like you said, it's hard to get games over there. Mm-hmm. Game Pass is crappy. You know, like you said, Sky Sports is you know kind of does what it does, and the NFL blackout rules are silly. Yep. Uh, you know, so it's a whole different. You know, the whole streaming piece that they have done so poorly as well has been it's that's been an absolute embarrassment and i think they need to be called the nfl needs to be called out on that and and, and be shamed into doing something better one last thing i want to talk about about the team like we said this is kind of a point point now with the team that it's a uh a football team that is um basically live fire preseason mode testing out its folks seeing what they have what they can bring to the games don't let these games get you angry please please he said he's getting educated agitated the car don't let it do that to you, please. It's not worth it, folks. It's not worth your health or or any of the health of those around you. Um, just just know we we all said ahead of time if Matthew Stafford wasn't in there that we had no chance. Expect every game going in no chance, and whatever we walk away with from there is is something to to carry 
carry your, your torch of love for the Lions and use it to, to light next year's fire ahead of the season and, and hopefully our eventual Super Bowl run. Can, would you say anything, anything, add anything to that, Sammy? Yeah, you know, I think uh, I think the safest place to be right now is in we know we're we're not very good and we have to wait till next year. We just, you know, we, we get to watch the Lions practice. That's, on TV, that's pretty. That's a pretty good way. Yeah. So we can be excited about that. Think about how excited you are when this the preseason finally gets here, right? I mean, how ramped up you are. It's football, all right. It's still football, and it's a long, hard off season. So enjoy. Yeah, it I, I, I think the only thing that we can get upset about is if they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next week. That's. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think then people can be upset. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's one that's gonna be frustrating. <laughs> of course, that's the one they got home, right? So it's yeah. Good. So the Broncos showed up today, right? So yeah. we could we could we have an excuse for losing the Broncos. <laughs> we have an excuse for losing the losing the Packers. We have no excuse to win against the the uh, the Bucks. So please, please, don't. <laughs> please, please. Jameis Winston. Maybe we could be. You know, we're always on the on the wrong side of the the records when when teams score records maybe we could be there for Jameis Winston's record-breaking interception for a <laughs> season maybe we could maybe we could do that if he plays he hurt his hand today so we'll see uh, yeah you know might be backup versus backup oh wow <laughs> the old rock em, sock em. <laughs> yeah the old uh mountain west game oh god <laughs> All right, so we got all that. Um, we'll talk about Peter Von Panda. Can't can't not talk about Peter Von Panda because he's one of the most gorgeous pandas you'll ever see. Fuzzy, warm, fluffy, and cuddlier than ever. Check him out, youtube.com slash Peter Von Panda. One of the funniest guys on, on the YouTube. He does just straight, like, off-the-cuff off the kind of hilarious, funny kind of videos. He does a ton of reviews on products. Before you head on over to uh, amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com, go see Peter Von Panda's YouTube channel and uh, have, a, have a good time because you're going to find he reviews everything, everything, and it's an entertaining. I, I, I've lost an hour last night going on his video and reading, watching the reviews because they're, they're good, they're valuable, but they're also pretty pretty fun he's got a great sense of humor he's he's absolutely one of us so youtube.com slash peter von panda check him out all right with all that let's talk really quick we got a question from zachary about if slay is a lion next year let's um we'll open for for calls and we'll have the is slay a lion next year conversation as we uh look for calls and then if nothing comes in we'll uh, we'll close out does that sound good salmon sounds good to me yeah i think you know i'll get i guess i'll get us started on this is slay a lion next year um, I think it's a huge mistake if Slay is not a lion next year. Uh, barring him wanting the craziest, you know, if we have another Sue situation on our hands where he is going to go get the most money possible and is going to go to <laughs> Miami because, you know, no taxes, you know, then whatever. It is what it is. But I'll, I'll just if, say the if, no taxes thing is really huge, though. I just want you to know. It's, really, yeah. it's a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> so... But if they let him walk in free agency and he gets a, you know, a standard good deal, I don't know if he's the top paid cornerback in the market, maybe top three, top four. Um, you know, his play hasn't looked great this year, but I think he's still Darius Slay at the end of the year. And mm -hmm. I'm not too concerned about it, but I think if they let him go, that sets us back. That puts us in a really, really weird spot where if everybody agrees that if next year, Patricia and Quinn fail again, that they're gone. 
but we're actively losing pieces to the puzzle. So if we lose Rick Wagner, we lose Slay, we lose Glasgow, we lose, you know, whoever else. Now we're, we lose Melvin, the other cornerback. Hmm. Now we're looking at, you know, having to fill six or seven pieces that have to be filled. We don't have any luxury, like, oh, well, let's draft a, you know, high profile defensive end in the first and second and then let them kind of grow into their roles. Like, I don't know if we have that ability anymore, right? Right. Well, you know, and, and then that makes it way hard and <laughs> for, for everybody for real. And, and you're not going to draft a, a, a number one cornerback in the NFL. Nope. That, that plays as the number one cornerback in the NFL. And, and you're just not going to, it's not, not in a year. Happen. No, no, no. Um, it takes time. So then you look, okay, well, who's going to be available for agency? Nobody, nobody, nobody of Slay's value. So, Slay's so in a spot where he can command some real money. And, you know, if you kind of look at the the kind of Patriots model, their cornerbacks are a huge and very important piece of how that defense runs. Yep, the biggest piece. Yeah, you do yep. not gouge that big of a hole into your team when you have so many other holes that you're going to need to fill, right? And, I mean, if you think, like, what if, you, if you're good with, with Levi, right, what, what his point was, you need a linebacker, you need defensive line, you need a running back. So now you're going fourth round? To get a cornerback, or are you? I mean, I guess you could go fourth round with a running back, but where are you going to go? Defensive line or linebacker in your third round, and hope you get somebody who's who's going to make be that difference maker, right? Yeah, you, you really start hurting yourself there. Um, if if it does not feel like losing Slay is going to be a good idea, I his attitude was frustrating in the year, but he things seem to have changed a little bit. Um, and I'm sure the Diggs thing, I know, I know it shook him. You could tell on his on his Twitter and, and yeah, you know. And and it's one of those things that, um, you know, it's kind of an obscure thought I'm having here, but Calvin Johnson released that interview a couple weeks ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the big things he said was that when the Lions, in his opinion, didn't fight hard enough to keep Indomitian Sue, they didn't fight hard enough to keep Nick Fairley, um, you know, in his mind at that time, it was, well, the Lions don't care about winning. And so, you know, if you think about it in that way, you let Slay go, your best cornerback, you're creating a big hole on your defense, and you're kind of telling all the rest of the players, you know, maybe they don't care about winning. Maybe, you know, that this isn't what we thought we signed up for when we signed here or, you know, and that stuff gets around the league. Everybody's friends now. Everybody Mm -hmm. talks to each other on Twitter. You know, it's, it's it's not hard for other players to say, hey, man, (laughs) <laughs> don't go to Detroit because they don't care about winning. They'll they'll pay you, but then nobody else gets paid, and it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, you work in a company basically with fifteen hundred employees, right? I mean, as yep. far as the players are concerned, and the those are the guys on the shop floor doing the work, right? And then, um, you know, you're you're you got fifty guys where you're at fifty three guys, and uh, you know, you, you you definitely know the people you work with and you play with. And even and on the other team, and, and especially, you know, in, in in our jobs, we we do our work and we work in teams at different points. But these guys study each other, right? It's not just mm-hmm. getting to know somebody. You you you're you're getting to learn the very very deepest tendencies of each other. Um, nobody in any other in any non sports job, I'll say, uh, off the top of my head, studies the people they work with, like. NFL players and other other sports players. There's there's so much that goes into you just know so much about somebody you're gonna play against without even talking to them. It's crazy. So um, there's definitely a closeness there, and and those messages 
they 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 get out and there's their unspoken messages um got a question in the in the chat is if uh with the whole dig situation can you still trust your coach i think that's on the gm more than the coach because that's the gm's decision now whether we don't know if patricia agreed or not with it patricia will show a unified front with um with bob quinn though i know that much and so uh whether he agrees or not you're never going to know until maybe the the memoir after Super Bowl uh, win number three, whether they thought it was good or not, but uh, it is. It's I think if you if you're gonna distrust somebody, it's it's the GM, and um, hopefully your coach in the locker room after something like that can can prove that he's still your coach and deserves to be your coach and can win the team the the team back. I look at Diggs and the the behavior that I see now and kind of the way he's acting kind of makes me think that. Uh, or Slay, did I say Diggs? <laughs> Look at Slay now, mm-hmm. and um, I think maybe he's he's either just said uh, that it, it is what it is. I'm not going to be a problem, and I'm just going to do my own thing, or he's accepted it and he's 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 kind of bought into what his coaches told told him, and they've talked about, it and he's moving forward. So we'll see. One thing about a cornerback is they got to have a short ass memory, <laughs> so maybe he's applying that here too. All right, well, I think that's going to do it. Sam, man, are you okay if we just do it? Yeah, man. Oh, well, I mean, not on camera, right? Oh, well. <laughs> all right, don't forget. What's the fun of that? Yeah. <laughs> it's that time of year. Get all your gifts. Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Takes you straight to Amazon, and uh, they give us a little kickback. Don't don't enrich in Jeff Bezos. Help us out. Support your show by doing that kind of thing. Also, for any Lions gear, gifts, or otherwise, Fanatics.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Fanatics.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Same thing. They give us a little kickback on all your purchases. Don't let the man get richer. Help your young, small, gorgeous friends who put this great content to together for you by going there. And with that, we're going to call it a show. Thank you, everybody, uh, for joining us today. Remember, we're looking for your involvement. Use the comments in the subreddit to give us your feedback. Don't forget about us on Patreon. We'll take one more call. We'll get one more in. Hey, caller, what's your name? How much have you had to drink? My name's Ken. Uh, completely sober and not liking that at all. <laughs> I, can, I can imagine. <laughs> I've had, <laughs> I've had to, I've had to stay sober to do this show because it, I'd be absolutely wrecked by the end of a couple of these games. And uh, the one, the one that got me the most, where, where was it? Um, it was Case. I think I got, I got the drop here. I wasn't ready to do it. Done. Oh, here it is. This is, this is Case. Like I think it was our first post game show after he drank far, far too much. He had been quiet for a long time. I'm like. Case, Case, you there, man? You okay? I'm toast. <laughs> he could almost hit hear his body hit the floor as he fell back after saying that. <laughs> oh, man. So what's up, Ken? What do you got for us, bud? Well, you know, you brought up the whole thing about Pandaria play, and I, I don't disagree with anything you guys have said, but let me just ask a question. Sure. Would a good team pay a 31-year-old cornerback on the way down i mean would the seahawks do that would the patriots do that i just i'll tell you something i mean i don't i i not i think i say don't disagree with what you're saying Mm -hmm. but that's a move that teams like the lions who have to prove to people that they want to win do i'd put it so I think we we were down with not paying him crazy money, right? And I think that's that's where we're at. What that number is, I don't think we we've kind of identified or specified yet. But you're you're absolutely right. I think the where where you're you're like the most on point is 
most teams don't do that. Good teams don't do that because then they just fill the gap created with a departure. The Lions have to kind of do that because they have so many gaps that they have to fill. So what's the number, right? I mean, that's what it comes down to is how much are you willing to part with and how much of a cap hit are you willing to take on a guy that's probably going to play two years at best as a CB1 for this team, right? Okay, but okay, but they don't even – okay, now maybe I'm wrong here, but my understanding is he's got another year left on his contract, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have to – I mean, we don't have to do anything. We don't want to. That's right. We could, we I could, mean, we could even roll the dice on a on a cornerback in next year's free agency in twenty twenty one, and and the other part of it is is you have the whole collective of bargaining agreement. So I have a feeling there's going to be a whole lot of player movement. Well, I you know I don't know I wouldn't you know I didn't, well, okay let me just move on the one the other thing okay. I wanted to talk about was uh, Jelani Tavai yeah yeah Another, I, and I know I I think there are good things about Jelani Tavai. My concern about him is. Like, okay, Jared Davis can't cover anybody, okay? He's athletic enough to do it, but he can't cover anybody. Right. Jelani Tavai can't cover anybody, but I think he can't cover anybody because he's not athletic enough. I don't think he's ever going to be good enough to cover a running back or to even cover a decent tight end. And I think he's a – I mean, I, I don't, you know, I'm not saying let's get rid of the guy, but he's a two-down guy to me. And I know the Lions are going to have to play him on three downs in all likelihood, but mm-hmm. that's not a strength. No, you know, and that that that's one of the fears that I personally have about how this team is currently being built and why I don't think, you know, Patricia is going to be fired this year is because this team is built kind of specifically on the defensive side of the ball. And you've got players like Tavai, who I don't know play on a standard defense in the NFL. I don't know if he does. Uh, you know, like I don't. I can think of maybe two other teams that might use him properly. You've got like the Titans, and you've got New England, and everybody else. I don't know if they have room for a, a two-down linebacker that's a thumper like that. Um, and so that's a little scary. So you're, you're right on that front. I don't think that we'll know who Tavai is as a player until next year fully, but. No, it, right. I don't think I agree. I mean, you know, okay. Rookie linebacker. It's, you know, sometimes it's hard to tell what they're doing, but when I watch him, it's like, when I watch Jared Davis's rookie, I'm like, okay, this guy's bad, but he's a good athlete. Okay? Mm-hmm. When I watch Tavai, like this guy, is actually better than Jared Davis was as a rookie, a lot, yeah. a lot better, I think. Yeah. But I don't think he's, I don't think, I just don't think he can do it. I don't think he well, had, like, Jared Davis always had the possibility that that light might go on, okay? <laughs> Jelani Tavai isn't going to cut a tenth of a second off his 40 yard dash. Well, I don't know if you're on you're on Twitter, but there's a user called Math Bomb on Twitter that does these relative athletic scores, uh, and there's a lot of science that goes into saying, you know, like a defensive end that has a score below X is way less likely to be successful in the NFL than one that scores above the, a certain number, um, and I think that 
Tavai falls into the below average numbers category. Um, you know, and I think, you know, Bob Quinn's gotten cute like this before, right? When he drafted T's Tabor in the second round, everybody knew he was a crap athlete, but for some reason, you know, his brains were able to get him through in college and it never translated into the NFL. And so we kind of have to, we definitely have to have a little concern about that for sure. Because like you said, you've got guys that have the athleticism and you hope, hope it works out and you've got the guys yeah. that don't, and you got to right. hope that they're, that they can make it happen. Yeah. Did he, I mean, just if I even have a RAS score coming out, cause he didn't go to the combine, right? He, he came in pre-injured as they say, right. Um, you know, and I, I mean, anything they, anything, I think any numbers that they had on him might've been based on a pro day, which I don't trust pro day numbers at all. Right. So, right. I mean, he might, I mean, he might, I mean, whatever RAS score is out there, I mean, again, you can double-check me on whether he was at the combine. But if he wasn't, any RAS scores that are out there that are below average, they might be, like, in truth, they might have been, like, really below average. Yeah, yeah. That's the one thing. Um, don't worry, you you will be double-checked, not by us. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the one thing that always happens with, with, with the show, with everybody else, so. Yeah, no, it's it, it's interesting. We'll have to see. He may, and it may not. There's guys that whose play elevate them above um, their their athleticism. Yeah. So Jelani Tavai scored a four point one four on the Raz out of ten. Yeah, but was that based on a combine score, or was that based on that? Well, I would say that's not. I don't think he went to the combine. Uh, so that's based yeah. on his his whatever scores. So. Theoretically, you know, take that for what it's worth. All those are hand times, and yes. sometimes and, those are a little bit nicer to people than not. But and and other than that, also, I mean, beyond that, you have players who um, are hugely gifted athletically, but unfortunately are always out of position. Right? Tavai's yep. a guy that's that's made up for his lack of athleticism relative to others. Uh, <laughs> no, right? Exactly. No, that's exactly right. Yep. But, yep. You know, in a sense, it's in a sense, it's scary. Because like this might be the ceiling, mm-hmm. you know. I don't like. I don't know that. I mean, maybe. And I'm not saying he isn't going to get better, but it's like when you watch Jared Davis as a rookie, you could just look at it and say, okay, he can't. He's not going to be this bad forever. His, you know, he's going to eventually find the right gap. Okay. My favorite thing. <laughs> my favorite thing. I look at it. I'm like, hey, you know, I don't know where this guy goes. So anyway, but I think that this connects just like you guys were saying about you know. The, the problem with getting rid of Patricia is that there are guys like Tobai that are on this team and that's, you know, he's not going to, there's no other defense that he's good. And I think that it, it kind of, like, I think there's a 90% chance that neither, uh, you know, we don't have our GM and we don't have our coach, but I almost feel like we got to let it roll for one more year yeah. just to prove it out because the pain that's going to be involved with redoing this team is going to be real. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be real bad. Yeah. Yep. And I don't, and I'd almost rather say, like, I think if they got rid of Patricia this year, I think that probably the, the right thing to do really would be to say, Hey, let's let Quinn hire another coach, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like those guys should be ride or die. Uh, yep. And yep. if like, they get it done next year, great. But if they don't, they're both gone. That's the way I would look at it. No, I, I don't. I don't disagree with that at all. I, I'm I'm very much of the same mind as to where you are, and I think I think 
you know, they make the playoffs or just miss the playoffs next year, I think that buys them their last year. But I think they're ride or die together for sure. Um, I, they, but there has to be significant improvement. And we have to see where this this grand experiment of replanting a bud from the Belichick tree is 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 going, where it stands, and how it's working. Um, because I just, ugh, you're right, you're right. It's going to be absolutely painful to try to um, pull this yeah. thing apart. Afterwards. And the last, the last thing I want to do is watch Bob Quinn try to draft for a different defense again. Man, that's just I can't do that. Right. Right. I can't do that. Like, I, like if we're going to switch defenses, let's switch GMs for God's sakes. Yeah, I mean, Bob Quinn basically came out and said he didn't really know how to draft for Jim Caldwell, <laughs> which is a scary thing to hear your GM say. But that, that that's just another nail in the ride or die coffin, right? Yep. Right. No, that's exactly right. You know, because I and I, but I I don't know after after watching him hire Patricia, I mean, he's not going to know. He's not going to have more information about the next hire he makes. Mm-mm. Like, like he had, like, almost perfect information, you know, right. accepting a few things right. uh, about Patricia, and this doesn't look good. And, like, he's going to go hire some dude he doesn't know now? They, they did it with Bevel, though. Guy... They did it with Bevel, and it worked. So this, I think the defensive hire for coordinator this offseason is going to be super, super illustrative and, and maybe give us a little bit um, – a little bit of a view into what's going on um, with this team and how, how they'll survive or not. I think this defensive uh, coordinator position is going to be, it's just going to tell us what the future holds for this team. Yeah. I think Be- like, I like Bevel, but to me, Bevel is an average offensive coordinator and he looks like a superstar because he's replacing adult. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I think Bob, I think Jim Bob Cooter. I watched that offense and I was like, "This guy's terrible." I mean, I, but they they had a lot of talent. Yeah, and he couldn't do anything with it. And but know? Stafford's I, having a career year with with Bevel until he until he went down. Right? I mean, he was well, he no, was but, killing but this it. This offense, though, there's enough talent on this offense that this offense should be good. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was only mm-hmm. not good. I I think because we had JBC. Yeah, you know, I don't I like our wide receiver core to be honest. I, I don't. I don't think we wide? have. Yeah, I think between uh, Marvin Jones and and Kenny Galladay, we have a great number two. I I don't think we have the superstar. Maybe I'm I'm confused and and uh, jaded from the whole CJ thing. I just don't think we have that big playmaker wide receiver number one guy. I'm I love Marvin and I love Galladay. I lo- don't get me wrong. I just don't think we have that true number one guy on this team right now. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Those guys, they're, I mean, they're, I don't dislike any, I mean, like, they're good. They're both really strong receivers. Yeah. But they can't get separation. Right. I mean, they, I mean, like, literally, if either of those guys were playing for a team that had a below-average quarterback, everybody would say, wow, what happened to these guys? They were good when they were, Matt Stafford was throwing to them, you know? But, yeah. like, you see now that there's a guy who has a little bit less accuracy, just, you know, they don't get the separation that most quarterbacks are going to require to, you know, be a really good receiver. Yeah. Yep. All right. Hey, Ken, great conversation, man. Um, we're we're going to get get it going here because <laughs> we got to wrap it up. Sam Man has a couple things he has to do, and I need to do a couple things here too tonight. So um, appreciate the chat. Appreciate the call, man. Welcome. Call in any time uh, when we're doing the show. Great, great stuff. 
Yeah, thanks. Have a good one. All right, brother. We'll see you. All right. There we go. Um, that was it. No more calls. <laughs> we'll say, don't forget about us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. As little as a dollar a month will get you access to the, the wicked, wicked cool Slack chat. It's the most intelligent chat in Lions fandom on the internet. And um, on game day and throughout the week, it's 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 good. It's real. It's it's good good stuff. I'm I'm really happy. That's one of my... My happiest things to come out of creating this show. It gives me a good place to go and get sound sound thinking. All right, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions Podcast. Facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions Podcast. Follow us on the Twitter uh, at DET Lions Podcast. At DET Lions Podcast. It's the most spectacular place to see the most spectacular pictures of Sandman. With no pants on. That's right. All right. Uh, give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667, and go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. You've heard of it, DetroitLionsPodcast.com. You go there, subscribe to the podcast, and we'll show up in your ear holes automatically. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. Remember, no pants Maybe we're going to do some toasters and hot tubs. We'll talk about that next week. <laughs> but there's no problems because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit Connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. <laughs>